0: Thank you for tuning in again to the Rocky Brown Ministries podcast. I am Rocky Brown. All right. So the title of this is called "The Chain of Authority," right? And so I promise that I had did not plan this um, to start today. So. I know that there's a lot of debate going on now about all the things that are happening and didn't happen and all this different stuff, So, but that's actually not where we're going tonight, although we will eventually head over to uh, Romans 13 once we start laying out some of the groundwork. Uh, if y'all will notice, I shaved my beard. People said that I was looking mean, said that they couldn't see me smiling, so I'm trying to... I'm trying to reveal my smile. So there you have it. All right, I hope y'all are doing good. So there is so much confusing teaching in the earth, it seems like, and it is crazy. There's so much confusion, confusing teaching about how things go down the way that they actually happen and who has control and all this different stuff. We're seeing all these posts, God's in control, all this different all these different things. And, uh, you know, and, and one atheist said that um, if God was in complete control of everything, he sure got things in a mess. So that's something to think about. This is, this study is going to be completely different probably than just about most things that you've ever heard. So bear with me. Don't check out on me until we start uh and until we start unraveling this, right? Because what we want to see is we want to see in truth. We want to know in truth. We want to know exactly what we're talking about. We want to teach things accurately. We want to know things accurately. We want to help people. And the only way that we can really help people is by teaching the Word of God in truth. So bear with me, because I know there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to hear this and it's really, really, really going to rub them across with a lot of the things that they've learned in church or the things that they've uh, religious things that they've learned or picked up. And so but just bear with me here and let's make sure that we are uh, hitting on all cylinders. So let's think about it like this. There are two kingdoms on the earth right now. There is a. Uh, and there's only two. And now we're not talking about natural kingdoms. We're not talking about a kingdom as in like the kingdom of uh, Never Never Land or whatever else. No, we're talking about two unseen kingdoms that are, uh, that are on the earth that are affecting seen and unseen things for, the, for good or for evil. And so we want to look at that, but we want to understand here that there is two kingdoms. One one is the kingdom of God that lives lives in the believer, right? The kingdom of God that lives in the born-again believer, the Christian. And then there is the kingdom of Satan. Satan has a kingdom, and he's the ruler of that kingdom. And in that kingdom are many different times of descriptions of different Beings that are demons that have that do many things perpetrate many things upon the earth and so we want to understand what is actually taking place we've seen all kinds of things we've seen all kinds of especially this last year we've seen all kinds of, uh we've seen all kinds of stuff taking place and we really 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 want to understand what is happening and what is taking place. Give me one second here. Mute that and then that way I have my computer attached to my TV and so it never fails that when I start to do some kind of video people get chatty. So (laughs) I ask you to forgive me for that but we've seen all kinds of things take place especially in the last year we've seen many 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 different degrees of lawlessness and evil taking place and we want to know what is going on, right? We want to know what's taking place. So let me say let me say a few, hello to a few folks here. Kathy, good to see you. Kay, good to see you. Kenny, good to see you. There's my buddy Sandy Harmon. Sandy, I hope Damien's doing good. Y'all are doing good. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Anybody else that's tuned in here that I can't see, it's good to see you. Okay, so two kingdoms on the earth, two unseen kingdoms, that are affecting the natural realm one is the kingdom of god and the other one is the kingdom of satan now contrary to popular belief although it's often oftentimes called referred to as the kingdom of darkness uh and i myself have referred to that uh as the kingdom of darkness it's not biblically i've never been able to find where it's, where satan's kingdom is called the kingdom of darkness satan has a kingdom he is the ruler of that kingdom until I mean, up until this very instant of this broadcast, he is the, he is the ruler of his kingdom, and his kingdom is having a great effect on a lot of people. And we want to see that in in looking at this, we want to track authority, right? Because if we're going to understand what's taking place, what we're saying, and how we're presenting it, then we need to know how things go down. So think about it like this: What if? In saying that God's in control, you're actually charging God with sin and wrongdoing. What if that's the case? Have you ever considered that? Have you ever considered that by saying that God's in control of all things, that you're saying there that He is absolutely micromanaging every last little thing that takes place on the earth and that He's responsible for it? Now, we're not shooting for an argument or a debate here. I'm trying to present this to you in a way that will help you if you'll listen. right? So we want to analyze this and we want to break this down. Now, there's a lot that takes place in Genesis, between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. And if you'll follow me with this, if you'll stay with us through this study, then I think that you're going to learn a lot and I think that you're going to start to understand a lot. And uh, things are going to become so much clearer once you understand how the enemy operates, what he's up to, how he's blaming God, how he's working on Christian people, blaming God for the things that's taking place. And we see that in Job. uh, There's a very, very, very clear message in Job that that's the way that the adversary operates. And uh, there's four parts available on the podcast. It's available exclusively on the podcast. It's a four-part teaching so far. I've uh, actually recorded the fifth part and then lost it. So I've got to go back in and re-record that part. But in Genesis 1-1, it said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then in Genesis 1-2, and it says, And the earth was without form and void. That's very interesting. And we're going to look at that. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but we're going to look at that. We're going to look at those Hebrew words. We're going to break that down. And we're going to see what actually transpires and what's actually taking place between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. And then we're going to break this down. And we're going to go, we've got what I like to call primary texts, or Brother Hagin would call them golden texts. What's that mean? This is the primary text that we're using that's laying out the foundation for this teaching. And, that, and so these primary texts are Genesis chapter 1. Starting at verse 26 and running all the way through Genesis chapter 2, stopping at verse 24. Luke or uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, John chapter 14, verses 27 through 31, John chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, and 2 Corinthians 4:4. 4, 4, And what we want to see here is, is we want to see, we want to look at authority in all of its facets because what's the importance about under, what is the importance about authority? Well, authority really is just a a good, common, simple definition of authority is one who has the power or position to do something, to require something, to cause something to come to pass. All right, so... I look at this, I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit said to me about this matter, and this is hopefully, going to, is hopefully going to set the tone. He said, before Adam's fall, there was no such thing as a kingdom of Satan, and he was not the ruler or leader of anything except rebellion. But when Adam fell, he yielded his authority of the earth to Satan like one king losing his kingdom to another king, since he could not simply take it from Adam because Adam had authority over him. Satan had to get Adam to give up his rule and reign. Now, that's probably completely different than something that a lot of folks have had. But we want to, we don't want to build our beliefs on the doctrine of men. We want to build our beliefs on what the Bible actually says about the matter, right? So if I go to Genesis, we're going to do a lot of reading in this first one. A lot of reading. But as you're reading this, as we're reading this, take notes. Take notes. Listen to what's being said. Read it for yourself. Don't take just my word for this. Look at this in the Scriptures yourself, and you see with your own eyes. See with the seeing of your own eyes, and hear with the hearing of your own ear. Don't just say, hey, you know, Rocky said this, or Brother Rocky said this, or whatever else. No, no, no. Now, you need to have a Bible with you. You need to have a notebook with you. You need to be taking notes. You need to be listening. You need to be going at this in a way that you're actually trying to learn something. Okay? So, this is what we're going to start at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us, plural tense, make man in our image, plural tense, according to our likeness, again, plural tense, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let's look at that one more time. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You see that? That's very, very interesting, isn't it? I want to pull something up here really, really quick in my, in my Bible app. Hold on just a minute. I want to go down there. Genesis chapter one, I want to show you something here. Genesis chapter one. All right, now I'm looking at this in my in my in my New King James Strong's exhaustive concordance and dictionary. All right, so it says here, then God, Elohim, said, Let us make man in our image and in according to our likeness, let them have dominion. What does dominion mean here? dominion here means to have rule to cause to dominate specifically to prevail against to have dominion over so what did god do he created man and then what did he do he gave him he gave man authority over what the fish of the sea the birds of the air over the all over the cattle and over all the earth let's keep reading why is this important because we want to know what we're talking about then God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it again have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth so two times In two verses, we have a description here. We have it very, very, very clearly and very, very, very plainly that God created the heavens and the earth and everything that was in them. And then he set his man over the earth as the ruler over the earth. He said, Adam, I give you dominion over all of the works of my hand. You have dominion over everything that I've created. What's that mean? It means to have authority over. Do you see that? It means to have authority over. So think about it like this. You could say it like this God set Adam as the king of the earth. God set Adam as the ruler of the earth. He set Adam as the boss over the earth. He set Adam as the supervisor over the earth. God created it. And then he said, Adam here you go. Have authority. I want you to be fruitful, and I want you to multiply. I want you to fill the earth, and I want you to subdue it, and I want you to have dominion over it, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves. So there's a lot in that statement. Number one, before Adam's fall, when God created Adam, created Adam, and he created Eve. What did he tell them to do? Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. So if you ever wondered where the people were, where the people came from in Genesis chapter 3, when after Cain kills Abel, maybe that's Genesis chapter 4, but 3 or 4 right there, Cain kills Abel. God comes to him. There's the conversation, and then God says, "I'm casting you out it's into the land of Nod." And Cain says, "But they'll kill me." God said, "I'll mark you so that you won't, so that they won't know. Oh, they'll know not to, they'll know not to lay a hand on you." So, this is a big subject, right? But Adam and Eve were populating the earth before the fall. Now, I understand that the recording that we have in Genesis, again, chapter 3 or 4, right there, could pull it up real quick. But Genesis chapter 3 or so, or 4, what's it say? It says that then, after the fall, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore their first son. Then she conceived again and bore another son. She bore Cain and Abel. See that? I know this is tough. I know that this is tough to process because I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't know this. I know that there's a lot of people out there that this is, this, is, this is tough sledding with. I understand. But let's look at it in the scope of the Bible. Number one, God said before the fall, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Then he says something else. He says subdue it. Let's look at what that word means. Let me pull it back up here. Subdue it. Subdue right here means to force, to keep under, to bring into bondage, to force into uh, into bringing into subjection, or to make, to subdue. See that? So that tells us that there was a lot of things going on that happened between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 that caused the earth to be in a less-than-perfect state, that Adam had to subdue it, bring it under subjection, right? We could go on about what that is, but there's probably no need. The topic that we're covering right now is is, uh, is probably more than enough. Now, it says here, I'm reading the New King James. Let me switch over here to the King James real quick and I'll show you something. Let me switch over here really, really quick. I'm looking at the King James. If I read the King James here, it says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Replenish. Well, the earth must have been plenished if it had to be replenished. That's a fun thought for you to think about right there. Could be translated replenished. Could be translated plenish. All right, now let's keep going. And then we go into Genesis 1 and 29, and it says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and over, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and, so, and it was so. And God saw everything. That he'd made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Now bear with me here. We'll go on into that says, Thus the heavens and the earth, and all the hosts with them were finished, and on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work which he had done. Now it says God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it. We keep on reading. It says, jumps down to verse 4, and it says, This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens before any plant of, was, uh, of the field was in the earth or before any herb had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. Now, if you continue to read on down here, it talks about he formed man, right? He took man, gives you a little bit more in-depth account here about how he formed man. And blew the breath of life into his nostrils. It says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put his man. And we see that he caused all the trees to grow. He even put the tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then we keep on reading. Looks like here that verses 10 through 14 would tell us the different rivers. So there was one, there was a river that went out of Eden to the water of the garden, and from there it parted and became four water, four river heads. And it tells you the names of the rivers, right? Now, we're establishing, understanding authority here, and we're about to prove something really cool. Then the Lord God, this verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden, you may eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Well, what does that comparable mean? That, does not, that word there is not comparable. That word there is comparable. If I look that up, that means equal to but in a different way. So Eve was created to be man, Adam's equal but in a different way. Uh, The Hebrew there, when we see make him a helper, that is translated, I think that terminology there is edser I Can't hardly get my Hebrew words right. But anyway, that I had one person tell me one time that in Hebrew, this gives us a picture of two beams resting, two roof support beams, two rafters resting against each other. That's how God designed Adam and Eve to work. That's how he designed marriage to work. One. Does not One side is not more important than the other. Each side is equally important, but in a different way. He says out of the, and then he says out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Why is this important? Well, if Adam didn't have the authority in the earth, why did he name every animal? And that's what it says he did. It says, and the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. And then who brought them to Adam? The Lord God did. The Lord did to Adam to see what he would call them. Then it goes on here and it says what? And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. See that? If Adam didn't have the authority to call these things, to give each one of them a name, then the Bible is incorrect right here. It says the Lord brought the animals to Adam and said, Adam, what are you going to call this one? And Adam said, I think I'm going to call that a monkey. Adam, what are you going to call this one? I believe I'm going to call that a rhinoceros. See that? See, Adam had the authority to name every creature that the Lord brought before him. Every living creature, it said. And it said, so Adam gave names to all cattle. Now that word there, um, I looked this up one time, cattle. kind of a bad, bad translation. This would just mean beasts of the field, really, to the birds of the air. And then again, it says, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper that was comparable to him. Then he goes on, says here, that the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up his flesh. And then we know the rest of the story. That woman was brought out of man. And Adam then now has Eve. And there we are. See that? Everybody's being awful quiet. So I can't tell whether y'all are liking it or not liking it. But it's okay. Uh, But here we go. So we want to see there that... We have numerous references right there in Genesis 126, Genesis 128, Genesis uh, 2, and 19 that it proves here that Adam, that after God created everything, that he gave Adam the authority of the earth. Now, why is this important? Well, This is important because when Adam sinned, when he sinned for the very first time, he handed over rule and reign of the earth to Satan. And for 4,000 years, Satan had rule and reign of the earth. From the time of the fall, think about it like this. This is the way that the Lord explained it to me like two kings warring against one another. Satan, he couldn't take the authority from Adam because at this point, Satan's already on the earth, so it seems very, very reasonable for us to understand or believe here that between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, we see the fall of Satan. And why is that? Well, I'm going to look at, let's look at that. Go to Genesis 1-1. Genesis chapter 1 and look at verse 1. All right. I promised you we was going to talk about this. This is important because we want to see this. We want to understand the chain of authority from the time of creation until the time, until this very moment. So that way we can understand. Are we saying things about God that's not true? Are we saying things about him that's not right? Are we teaching things about him that's not true or that's not right or is incorrect or do we need to fix? Or? All right. So Genesis 1. Verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. But oddly, it says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, this verse right here is if you read this and you don't study this and you don't dig into this and you don't really 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 look at this there is so much here that you're going to miss. So let's look at it in the beginning. All right. So here are some things to understand is that if you're reading the King James Bible, you're probably seeing that the words uh, without and, and and was on the and was on the are is probably all italicized meaning that it was not in the original scriptures. And so, what we would see here is that the earth, it says, was without form. All right. Now, what's that mean? All right. Without without form. Two English words that we see is compiled together, translated from the Hebrew word tohu, and this is what it means. It means formlessness, confusion, a state of emptiness a wasteland, a solitary wilderness, a place of chaos. Well, why is that important? Because God is not the author of chaos and formlessness and confusion and emptiness. He's not the creator of those things. Moving on, the earth was without form. We looked at that and void Listen to what void means here, translated from the Hebrew word "bohu," and it means an undistinguishable ruin. An undistinguishable ruin. If something hadn't have happened between Genesis one one and Genesis one two, how do we explain that this that what we that the earth became in a was found itself in a state of chaos? Barrenness, destruction, confusion. It's an undistinguishable ruin. Something happened there, didn't it? And then it says, and darkness. Of course, now this here uh, could be translated misery, death, sorrow, wickedness, obscurity was on the face, right? This is just basically telling us that this was over. This, was what, this is what the whole face of the earth looked like. I know that's a lot to take in. And was on the face of the deep. Now here, it could mean water, subterranean water supply, the depths. So we see that something caused the earth to fall into a state of chaos destruction, a barren wasteland. See that? And you can verify all this. Get you a Strong's Concordance and with a good good dictionary attached to it and go through and start reading this stuff for yourself and you'll see this. Very important that we see this. So something took place between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Now, I think that it was the fall of Satan. I think that when Satan, when pride was found in him, when iniquity was found in him, and the Lord cast him out of heaven as a profane thing, as we come to find out in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, I believe that this realm was a state that was already created, and Satan fell here. And when he fell here, he tore this. He took this state into this, he took this realm into this state, where it's now a barren wasteland, it's a place of confusion, it's a place of chaos, it's a place of destruction. Then God comes in after the fall again and says, let there be light. See, well, in 1-1, he already created the heavens and the earth. He already created it. Now it's a place of utter darkness. Well, how did that happen? Verse 3 says, then God said, let there be light. The Hebrew right here, a more accurate rendering of the Hebrew here would say light. God said, Light be. He commanded it. He didn't just say let there be light. Like, you know, it's kind of like wording there is kind of funny. No, he said he commanded it to be light be. And it was. See that? So when we go and we jump down to Genesis chapter three. Let's look at the fall. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said, to woman, he said to the woman, Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You, shall, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasing to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering or made themselves coverings now it's important here to see that sin did not enter the earth immediately when eve eat of the tree sin did not enter the earth immediately eve died spiritually she became spiritually separated from God. And then she gave to Adam. And Adam ate. And then when Adam ate. Then is when. That is when the fall took place. That is when all of creation fell, And when it fell, Adam went with it. Adam went with it. And. So did all of creation. Now I want to show you something here. Uh, it says, if I look at 1 Timothy chapter two, uh, it, verses thirteen and fourteen, it says, "For Adam was not was formed first, then Eve, and e and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression." See that? So Eve was tricked; Adam was not. When Adam ate. He lost his authority because he became separated from God. He couldn't hold authority of the earth because what's it go back there to Genesis chapter 1, what's it say in verse 26? And the and God said, "Let us make man in our image and in our like according to our likeness." Pretty much just like us. Adam couldn't hold authority over the entire earth because of his fallen state. He had now become separated from God. He couldn't hold the authority of the earth. And then in doing so, he yielded that authority. And when he yielded that authority, he lost control of the earth to Satan. Now, we would like to be able to prove that, wouldn't we? I know that's a big statement. But we want to be able to prove it. So if you have a Bible with you, if you're taking notes to look at this at a later date, I encourage you, let's go to this. Let's go to Luke. Chapter Four. Are y'all, are y'all still hanging in there with me? I know this is a, I know this is a somewhat of a, very, very, very in-depth teaching. Luke Chapter Four. I'm gonna start reading at verse one. This is the temptation of the, in the wilderness. This is Luke's account of the temptation in the wilderness. Now, then it says, starting in verse one, it says, "Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit," returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. read very carefully this next couple verses. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory. Read very carefully. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. (laughs) let's read that one more time jesus is being tempted on the earth if jesus was not really tempted here if this was not a temptation to jesus then the bible is wrong but thank god the bible is not wrong right god's not a liar hallelujah this is this is truth this is Very, very, very startling truth. Then the devil said to him, then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him someone say all, all, all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. And the devil said to him, all this authority, 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 dominion, all this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Well, what do you think? Do you don't you think that Satan knew what Jesus was there to do? He knew he was with Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. This is not the devil was not stupid. Satan's not stupid. He most certainly knew who Jesus was and he most certainly knew what Jesus was there about. He's come back to take back the authority over his creation. All this authority I will give you, and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Do you see that? If it wasn't really a temptation to Jesus to give him back all the authority and the glory of the kingdoms, then it wasn't really a temptation, and the Bible's wrong. No, Jesus was tempted. Read what the very wor- read what the very next verse says. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him alone and him only. You, say, you shall serve. All right. Let's keep going. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Is this helping anybody? I hope it is. If not, we're just going to keep on preaching anyways. Praise the Lord. Our next scripture. Now, remember, these are primary texts. These are our golden texts. This is how we establish the chain of authority. From the beginning of creation until the day in which we stand today. John chapter 14. Peace I leave with you. Starting in verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Now read verse 30 right here. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Well, if God was the ruler of the earth right there, then what Jesus has just said is that my father has nothing in me. Can we see that? Jesus said, the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Satan. Satan is exactly who he's talking about. He is talking about Satan. Now you got your finger right there in John chapter 14. Go right on over there. Skip chapter 15. Go right on over to John chapter 16. Let's start reading at verse 1. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, the Holy Spirit. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, now read very carefully. Read very, 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 very carefully right here. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Thank God Jesus didn't just stop right there. He goes on and expands and tells us exactly what these three categories are. Of sin, what? Someone read that right there. Because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Well, if God was the ruler of the world at that time, then what Jesus is saying right here is is that God's gonna be judged. I know this is tough. I know this is tough to take in. This was really, really tough for me to take in and I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I have I have avoided teaching on this for quite some time because I know that this is a very 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 this is going to be a very unpopular teaching but unpopular means nothing today uh, today mean it means nothing because we need to know what's true we need to know what's right we need to know what's going on right because we got a lot of people we got a lot of you know we got a lot of false prophets out there saying a lot of things over the last few months, that's not true, and it's not right, and they've deceived a lot of people, and they've led a lot of people astray. Uh, they've led a lot of people astray. Now it's time. If the words, if my words, are falling upon your ears, it's time for you to understand the authority of the situation. It's time for you to understand who has authority in the situation. It's time for you to understand what is actually taking place, so that you'll know what is right. Because if God is sovereign like people preach that he is, as in nothing happens outside of his will, then he's responsible for everything. And Satan's responsible for nothing. Think about that. You see that? So what you're telling people is God is indeed sovereign in the fact that there is no authority greater than him. There is no authority or power greater than him. But he's not micromanaging everything. He's not, in, he's not in the business of aborting babies. He's not in the business of raping women. He's not in the business of selling children into the sex trade. He's not in the business of selling women into the sex trade. He's not in the business of drug dealing. He's not in the business of slanging alcohol and pills and all this different stuff. He's not in that business. But when you're telling people, when Christian people are telling the world or people who know less than they do, Well, God's in control and he's got it. Now, what you're telling these people is, is that God's responsible for these things. That's what you're telling people. You're telling that man that doesn't know any better that his wife was killed in a car wreck, that it was God's will for his wife to die horribly in a car wreck and leave him uh, a widower and leave his children without a mother. We got to get a grip on our lips. Quit saying things that's not true and that's not right about the Lord God. See that? The ruler of this world is judged. He's not talking about God. Now, if we go on to Matthew 28, thank God you know the Bible's progressive revelation. You don't, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves falling back to a state lesser than the condition that we should be standing in. And we get less than the results that God wants us to have. Because, see, now up to this point, we've established on multiple points, we established in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 that God gave the authority of the earth to Adam. We established in Genesis chapter 3 in the fall that Adam sinned, and when he sinned, he fell from his state, from his glorified state. He died spiritually, separated from God. Then Satan takes control of the earth. How did we prove that Satan took control of the earth? In Luke chapter 4, when the king, the master of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ the righteous, is in the wilderness and he's being tempted. Satan says what? Takes him up on a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time and says, all of this has been given unto me has been delivered to me. What's that mean? I want to pull that up. Y'all got just a minute here, don't you? Surely y'all ain't fell asleep at this point. Even if you ain't agreeing with me, you're still listening. Look right here. He says here in verse 6, And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you, and their glory for this has been delivered, 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 Beautiful Greek word here. Paradidomai. Say that 10 times fast. Paradidomai. Strong's number G3860. You know what it means? It means to give into the hands of another, to give over into one's power or use, to deliver a to deliver to one something to keep to manage, to take care of, to deliver up one to custody, to be ju- judged, condemned, and punished, to deliver up treacherously. Can you see that? Paradidimite. Satan said to Jesus, it's been delivered unto me. What was he doing? Well, he was kind of rubbing Jesus' face right there, wasn't he? He was trying to. Can you see that? Now, let's go one. Let's go down here to Matthew 28. Let's look at verses 18 through 20. I love this. I love this right here. Praise God. That goes right here. Woo! The king took it back. See, you'll have to understand here is that Satan's goal when Jesus walked the earth was this. He thought that if he killed Jesus on the earth, that that would secure his rule and reign on the earth. Now, we want to be able to prove that, don't we? Oh, I love it. I love you guys wanting to be, have everything proved to you. That, 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 uh, that really, really blesses me that everybody wants to be, uh, that we want proof. And at an age where no one wants really proof of anything to back up anything anybody's saying, we should always be seeking proof. All right, now go to Colossians. Keep your finger right there in Matthew twenty-eight, and go over to Colossians chapter two. Man, woo! The whole. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank God for the Holy Ghost. All right. Now it says right here. We'll go down there. If you look at verse 11, it says that Jesus, well, let's just read that. It says, And you being dead in trespasses and sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he had delivered to get alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you, against us, which was contrary to us, and having taken it out of the way, he nailed it to the cross. You see that? Having, <laughs> what's verse 15 say right here? Having disarmed principalities, and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. (laughs) Glory to God. This This right here, this triumph over, in Greek would give us a picture of one that in ancient times when one king... Took rule and reign over another king and over his kingdom, that they would parade that king bound hand and foot through the capital city of the kingdom, proving him defeated. Mm. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> who Jesus paraded Satan mm. through the through the spirit, and before all the kingdom of God, he paraded him through. Him and all of his principalities, all of his demons, he paraded them through all eternity as not only defeated, but disarmed. What's that mean? Well, he took the authority back. What's that mean? Go back to Matthew 28. Let's go back to Matthew 28, verse 18. Now look what it says right here. It says, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on the earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am always with you, even to the end of the age. Amen. What's that mean? Well, that authority that Satan was parading in front of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 was stripped From him, when Jesus Christ came out of the grave, victorious, triumphant, and glorified, and victorious, completely and totally victorious over Satan and all of his power, over sin and all of its power, over sin and all of its stain. Now, what does that mean? Well, what we see here is we want to read one more verse because we want to show something. Now, see, remember progressive, progressive progressive here we want to keep on seeing what's happening so we've started in Genesis and we went through Genesis we went through Luke we went through John we went through the tail end of Matthew right we even stopped there we took a side trip um, uh, to Colossians chapter 2 and then we're going to go here we're going to go to 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 I'm going to read to you verses 1 through 4 Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, listen very carefully. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, comma, whose mind the God, notice there's a lowercase g right there, who the whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Well, if Satan, now age right there, age right there could be translated world, could be translated world system. We know that God the Father is not blinding anyone so that they won't believe the gospel of the glory, uh, so they won't believe the good news of the glory of Christ, who's the image of God. Can you see that right there? Are you with me? I know we're running long, but y'all are listening slow. Can you see that? First Corinthians 4, 4, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, calls who? He's talking about Satan, the ruler of this world. I want to pull one more thing up here, real quick, just because I couldn't remember exactly where it was at. All right, now I want to prove something else to you. Go back. You're in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Go back two chapters. I want to show you something here. This was the verse I was trying to think of when I pulled up Colossians chapter 2, but it worked out good. Colossians chapter 2 really pulled it in right here. Now, we've talked about what was Satan's end game. Why did Satan want to kill Jesus? Because he thought. That if he killed Jesus on the earth, that he would take full control of the of the earth. Now, watch what this says. We want to prove that, right? We want to prove it. So, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll settle right here for tonight. And look at verse 6. It says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak wisdom. The wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now listen, for none of the rulers of this age knew. What's that very next thing? What's that very next line say right there? For had they known, they would have not they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See that? Rulers here are Khan, a ruler, a commander, a chief, and a leader, a prince. See that? Which none of the rulers of this age he's not talking about the Pharisees. Same word. He's talking about Aeon, the world, time, eternity, period of time and age. The rulers of this age, Jesus, he thought that if he killed Jesus on the earth, that he would fully and totally secure his control on the earth. Why? Because he knew that he had the authority on the earth. And he thought that if he could keep the authority on the earth, that he could even restrict God. And he had restricted the working power of God in a lot of ways. Daniel chapter 10 tells us that. And we're going to look at that. We're going to look at that. I know that this has been, you've probably heard some things tonight that really, really, really probably went against a lot of the things that you've been taught. But I really hope here that we have established such a basis in the Scriptures that we've walked from the very beginning up until the time in which we stand now. And then in the next couple episodes, you know, we're going to continue to look at this because we want to look at what does Romans 13 actually mean? Does God actually put specific people in the place to do specific things? Or do the will of the people have anything to do with this? Or did he simply, when that authority there, does that mean the offices that was created? So, for perfect example, did he put someone in? Did he pick someone to go in a specific political office or did the hearts of the people select a person to put in an office that he ordained? We're going to look at these things and we're going to prove this out, right? There's nothing that can't be proven out in the light of the scriptures or cannot be proven out. Here's one thing I was thinking about earlier. If I can't specifically prove it out, In the light of the scriptures but yet there's a problem that presents itself that seemingly I can't find an answer to in the scriptures what do I have to do I have to go back and I have to default to the character and nature of God and then I start basing my decisions my assessments of the my beliefs on the matter and what I know to be God's character God's nature you know, one thing we could say here is that you know I'm speaking to Romans 13, because I know that's a hot topic today, right? Boy, I mean, people are tearing it up left and right. Man, I wish people exalted the Christ like they did their candidates. I said that before you one more time. I wish Christians exalted the Christ like they do their candidates. But I'll show you something. Do you think that it was really God's will? for millions of jews to be brutally killed at the hands of an evil ruler i don't think so i don't believe that at all why because i know too much about the character and nature of god so i hope that helps hey if it helps share someone share this with someone if you didn't learn anything and all it did was made you bad then just disregard it right i mean you can uh, it's pretty easy to unfollow people most people are pretty tech savvy, and so, you know, if you don't like what we preach or what we teach, then it's pretty simple. I just click the unfollow button. I do that a lot, I block out a lot of people. So, but hey, I love y'all. Be blessed. I'm still working on setting the stuff up for the online giving. I say I've been working on it, but really, I'm still just trying to figure out if I'm going to pony up and pay the uh, their their ridiculously expensive uh, startup fee and all that different stuff. So it's kind of like dealing with the mob. So, uh, but if y'all want to give, if y'all would like to give to Rocky Brown Ministries, we're, you know, we're very, very fortunate that people have, uh, given so much here over the last couple months. We've had so much money come in that we were able to purchase a new computer that we needed to stream with. We were able to purchase the web presenter that we needed to stream with. The computer was $700. Web presenter was $700, and, you know, so we're trying to push this gospel around the world and uh, give you a real cool kind of update is that um, from, uh, I think it was from October until today, I had, uh, if you follow my podcast um, or you listen to the podcast, there's a message on there. The very first message that I uploaded is an audio book that's no teaching, no preaching. It's just simply the scriptures called The Works of Jesus. And uh, it's about two hours long, hour and forty-five minutes long, and it's nothing but the, just me reading the scriptures on every time Jesus went and taught, preached, worked miracles. It's laid out by, it's laid out in in, in in order by gospel as you listen to it. But so, I was checking the stats on that. Some stuff there the other day. Ran some Facebook ads. Ran numerous Facebook ads. About a hundred dollars worth of Facebook ads. As a matter of fact, doesn't seem like a lot, but it. Five or ten dollars a ad—that's a lot of ad running. But um, the last I had checked is that it had went. We sent it to. We paid for ads to go to China, India, Turkey, Russia, Australia, England, France, Italy, Mexico, Brazil, Canada, the United States, maybe a couple other places. But it had had. It had went out in front of almost one hundred and eighteen thousand people. And had almost 18,000 interactions. And I think I only got cussed out like maybe seven or eight times. So, Uh, but it's really cool, right? And so the podcast is in. Last time I checked, last time I checked, we had over 600 downloads in 29 countries on six continents. So you all are helping me, right? You're helping me help. You're helping me push this message around the world from Williamsburg, Kentucky. One little old thin knock uh, need cowboys sending the gospel around the world because of the power of Jesus Christ, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, and because of people like y'all that support us, help us. It's really, really an amazing work. So many people, I mean, there's so many people that I could, that, that I'm so thankful for. My friend Billy Turner uh, helps me so much on graphic stuff and video stuff. My friend Joe Hampton has helped me so much on audio stuff. And and helping me get the equipment, Kathy Snyder, Kenny Fox. I mean, so those people have been just such, you know, Jerry Knowles, people like that, have been such just great, great blessings to my ministry. And I'm really, really, really. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm reading what you're saying there, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, they. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes you, we you do get, we do take, we have to take the cussing to get the word out. So, but it's okay, it's all right. So, but no, I mean, there's so many people that have helped me. Um, y- you know, the ministry that I have is kind of a non-traditional ministry. Rubs a lot of the established religious order the wrong way. A lot of folks don't like me. I don't get any support from church folks or people like that, and that's okay. I don't need support from them. I'm not, I'm not trying to reach the people they're trying to reach. I'm out trying to reach the people that no one's reaching or I'm trying to reach people in a different way than than what other people are reaching them. So help them and teach them the truth. So I love y'all. It's our goal here to teach people to understand and believe God's word for themselves so that you can live a life that's victorious and triumphant. The life that God's had, the life that God's called you to have. So, Sandy, I'm glad you learned a lot. Hey, I'm so glad. If y'all have any questions, let me know. I love y'all. I've talked enough. I'm out. See you all. Today's Wednesday. We're going to continue on Sunday. We're going to continue looking. We're going to go back through. All. We're going to. We won't read them, but we'll go back through. We'll review our text. We'll go back through this, and we'll keep establishing. Next, we want to look at who has the authority over your life. Why do bad things seemingly happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to? Christian people, that's one of the things I get asked a lot. You know, well, brother such and such or sister such and such are such good people, and yet they got sick. And then this old drunk guy, he got healed, and so on and so forth. And so it's going to be really cool, but we're going to unravel this, right? We want to unravel this. We want to understand what's happening, and we want to know our Father in heaven in a whole lot different, in a whole brighter light, right? I love y'all. I'm going to go eat some supper and quit talking. I love you. If y'all got any questions, Shoot me a message. Good night, Sandy. Good night, Kathy, Kenny, y'all, everybody else out there that uh, I can't see. I can't see who's tuning in, but I love y'all. Thanks for listening. If this helps, share it with someone. I'm out. Bless y'all. In Jesus' name, see ya.